For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Jason Jones, who covers the Sacramento Kings, who just wrapped up their NBA draft and opened free agency by signing De'Aaron Fox to a $163 million five-year max extension. He's the first player from the 2017 draft class to sign said extension. He's also going to be the cornerstone of a roster that the Sacramento Kings are hoping is something special in the coming years, especially after drafting Tyrese Halliburton and Marvin Bagley in back-to-back seasons. It's Wednesday, November 25th. My pleasure now to welcome in Jason Jones. He covers the Kings for us here at The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. And Jason, you are, uh, of all the guests we've had who've come on the update in the couple of months that I've done this, I know you're a wrestling fan, though we chatted a bit before we get going here. You're the first guy to not ask me if I was the rated R superstar, of course, Edge, Adam Copeland, as we welcome you into the podcast here. Yeah, it's one of my favorite guys. I've got about three or four, I think at least three Ed shirts here somewhere. You know, my youngest son had to, my when he started reading, he asked me what did rated R superstar mean, and I was like, uh, it means Edge is very mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe take him to the to the Edge in Christian days. He was still mean, but he wasn't quite as rated R, dude. Yeah, yeah. Then my lewd, crude, and tattooed <laughs> one. I'm just like, uh, yeah, son, you're young. You don't need to know what this means. Wait till he finds out about the Attitude Era and the Godfather. You have a whole bunch of stuff on your hands, dude. Oh, thanks to YouTube and the WWE Network, he's already asking questions. All right, fantastic. We'll try to get you a shirt with my face on it and put Raider on Superstar <laughs> in there, and then uh, you can roll that around the house. Let's talk some Sacramento Kings ball, man. A lot's going on with them. There's a lot, I would guess I would say, in flux. They had that whole big fall apart with the sign-and-trade deal, sending Bogdanovich to the Bucks. What can you tell us about that, and what can you tell us about where he stands with an offer sheet from the Atlanta Hawks? Well, I guess the first thing is the Milwaukee deal, the trade that never happened. (laughs) And I've never seen anything quite like that where you had so many details. Like I think I mentioned someone, Justin James, was to be part of that deal. He hadn't tweeted since November of last year. And that got him on Twitter with the little looking eye emoji. So to me, I think a big part of it is that, you know, you're probably figuring, hey, this deal is agreed upon, but... Maybe Atlanta whispers, hey, we got more money for you than that. Why would you go there? We got more money. And Bogey had pretty much turned down about a $13 million a year extension from the King. So he's looking to, you know, to cash out. And that doesn't go through. You know, It falls apart. And the team I'd always heard all along was Atlanta just because of their cap situation. There weren't a lot of teams that had a lot of money. Charlotte had money, but I didn't, you know, especially they draft LaMelo Ball. That didn't make sense to bring him in. So Atlanta was always the team. I'm not sure what they're going to do with all these guards if they get bogey, but that was always the team I thought that would make the big offer if the Kings couldn't get a sign and trade done. And now we just wait and see what happens. Well, they've offered him a $72 million contract on the offer sheet, 15% trade kicker, and a player option. I imagine a lot of that is designed just to make sure the Kings don't match that offer sheet. Just on the financials, never mind the whole idea of do we get compensation for Bogdanovich. It doesn't make sense to pay Bogey $18 million, to pay Buddy Heal $25 million, to then have a De'Aaron Fox extension kick in after next season, Corey Joseph on the books for more than $12 million this coming season. They've got a lot of money tied up in guards, and this is not like it's money tied up in a team that's going to play off. This is a team that's probably going to be in the bottom two or three in the West next season. You're going all in for what? You're going all in to maybe to hopefully get near eight or in this case, 
go all in to get to 10 and try to get into the play-in scenario just doesn't make any sense. That's the next question is, what's the big picture plan here for the Sacramento Kings? You mentioned $97 million committed to about nine players right now. Buddy Heald, the 24.4. Harrison Barnes, 22.2. Corey Joseph, 12.6. Bogey would be around 18. You talk about the extension that's going to start paying De'Aaron Fox 28.1 next season. So I wonder, for a team that hasn't been to the postseason since 06, just getting in can't be good enough for the fan base, or is it? Are they just trying to to appease the fans who, who may or may not be in the building? at all anyway next season or do you say hey let's scrap this thing we've got our anchor in De'Aaron Fox let's start building for the future with the sub 22 year old kids with Halliburton and Bagley we can go from there and just cope with what we've got no I think before in the previous regime it was definitely trying to appease the fan base because trust me if they had gotten in the eighth seed and just got destroyed in the first round the fan base would have been so excited to be in you worry about the fact that you know you lost in the first round later. Just the fact that you were in or the fact you had a winning record would have meant a lot. But they made a lot of bad decisions, questionable decisions and signings as if they were much closer than they really were. And I think they got seduced by that season a couple of years ago where they finished ninth. And I've written about it a bunch of times. Yeah, they were ninth, but they were I think nine games out of the eighth spot. They were actually closer to 10, 11 and 12. They were only, I think, three games ahead of the Lakers that year where LeBron didn't play a big chunk of the season. So... I think they were seduced into believing, hey, we're really close. We're almost there. And they really weren't. So when they stumbled last year, everyone was kind of like, oh, what's wrong with them? I said my whole take on them last season was the way they started the year was how they finished the previous season. If you look at their previous year, they were a pretty bad team after the All-Star break. I think they just got seduced and fixated on the Kings were ninth. The natural progression is they go to eighth next year. It's like, no, this team isn't better. You know, they made some, some like I said, you know, Vlade Divac signs Dwayne Dedman to a big money deal, which I never quite understood why he had to have Dwayne Dedman. He went from the new starting Kings center to being traded twice and waived, but the Kings gave him a three-year, $40 million deal. You signed Trevor Ariza for two years and about $25 million, and number one, maybe Trevor's a great fit if you're close, but he's not going to put that team over the top, and then you end up trading Trevor Ariza. You no know, midseason. So they just made a lot of decisions that were trying to just get in. And I think at this point, you just got to say, we got De'Aaron Fox. We got Marvin Bagley. We'll probably have a high draft pick in 2021. Let's just scrap this thing and start all over. And, you know, m- maybe that means you have to trade Harrison Barnes at some point. Maybe Buddy Heald eventually moves. But there's no need in trying to pretend like this team is so close to the playoffs that you got to keep trying to add veterans or keep a guy like Bogdanovich on the roster as if, you know, bogey's going to be the difference between 10 to 15 wins next season. He's not going to be the difference between that many wins. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When I look at these two guys, I mean, you mentioned Bogey. He's what going to be 28 years old. I think Buddy Heald's 27 or 28, somewhere right around the same age. You mentioned like the complimentary piece. These guys are nice complimentary pieces, though Buddy Heald's price tag is extraordinarily high. What do you think they could net in a trade for him, I guess, is the first part of the question. The second is, how closely tied is he to Bogey if Bogey were to, to sign that offer sheet or to say, okay, they've been matched now by the Sacramento Kings? Is Buddy Heald more likely to be moved if Bogey comes back? Right now, the prohibitive thing with Buddy is the price tag. You know, I've talked to some people who said they would like Buddy as a player, but a lot of people view Buddy as a six-man, and they just think that's his best role, and you don't pay a six-man $25 million next season. <laughs> you know, no one no one does that. That's part of the reason why I understand Buddy's frustration. He's getting paid like a starter, and he's coming off the bench, and 
part of you should you say you know what you got your money just be happy with your role but that's just the way buddy's wired so it's just a matter of really you have to find a team that values buddy to pay him that much money and secondly along along those lines buddy's got a four-year deal this is not an expiring deal you'd be moving and so you know what are you willing to take back in terms of salary i know that whole philadelphia thing was floated around a lot but i never saw them taking wanting to take back al horford it just didn't make any sense I've always believed that Buddy's not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, if you do somehow end up with Bogdanovich, you've got a real log jam at that spot next to De'Aaron because you drafted Tyrese Halliburton to play a lot with De'Aaron Fox. You didn't draft him to just wait a year or two or to sit out a year while Bogey and Buddy battle it out for minutes. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, so you've got to make a decision. And the thing is, Buddy and Bogey are great friends. They're great friends. In essence, Vlade made the decision already. He chose Buddy. So Monty McNair has Buddy. You kind of have to just roll with that. To me, that's not a bad thing. If you're looking at both of the players, Buddy's the more durable of the two. Buddy's the better scorer. You know, Bogey's a better facilitator, you know, and uh, probably, you know, has the, the better feel for the game. Neither one of them is a great defender. <laughs> so uh, to me, it, the, the decision is easy. You roll with the guy who's already under contract, the guy who really any given night could go for 30 or 40. And I've seen Buddy have multiple nights like that where he's, you know, I saw, a game, you know, a game in Boston. He hit, I think, 10 or 11 threes. And he did, they just couldn't stop him once he gets going. And to me, he's more likely to do that than Bogey is. It's not a slight against Bogey, but if you got to pick, you pick the more durable guy, the guy who's already under contract. I mean, Bogey's had some nagging injuries. He's been a pro for a long time. We count his time over in the Euro League. You know, he's probably got more wear and tear on his body than Buddy. You know, the last couple of years, Bogey's had a few nagging injuries that's kept him out. They might be the same age, but I think just in terms of playing, Bogey's older. So I think, to me, the decision is simple. You roll with Buddy and see what happens. Yeah, and you're already invested, as you said, financially there. One more for you, Jason, on the way out here. I'm just wondering, the De'Aaron Fox max deal signing, it's going to be $163 million, can get as high, I guess, as 195 right, if he, if he hits some incentives. Kicks in next year, 2021, 2022. Just wondering your thoughts on, on spending that kind of money on a point guard. To me, point guards are like running backs in the NFL. Like, unless you get the absolute best guy, he's a first-rounder, who's an elite back who you can have out there for three downs, you can always go find yourself another running back. Point guards, to me, are kind of the same way, though. De'Aaron Fox may be a different breed out of Kentucky. He's obviously still developing one year at Kentucky before he enters the league. He gets this max deal, the first guy from the 2017 draft class to get that deal. What are your thoughts on him and and the investment in a point guard at this stage of his career? I like De'Aaron as a player. I think he's in a situation where the Kings didn't really have much of a choice. He's their, their best asset. And their former coach, Dave Yeager, always compared him to Mike Conley. He always thought, you know, around year four or five, maybe you'd see Mike Conley, who's just a good player, but that's not a franchise player. That's a very good piece to have, but that's not a game-changing point guard. And I think the Kings are banking on De'Aaron being a game-changer, being an all-star. I don't know if that's in the cards for him just yet. Part of it is, I don't know if they've put the right team around him just yet to see if he can succeed. I think they need to get more athletic to play with him. And He's improved in a lot of areas. He's still not a, a good three-point shooter. And I've even, you know, his free throw shooting is can be just perplexing because he'll go nine for nine one game and go three for nine another game. <laughs> so you'll see him go up and down with that. And they've been pleased with the progress he's made as a leader. That was one of the big knocks on him early on was just that we need you to take this more seriously. We need you to be that guy who's 
the most respected guy in the locker room. I don't know if he's all the way there yet, because really, in terms of work ethic and the guys who are kind of like seen as the the gym rats, that would be Bogey and Buddy. Those are the guys everyone says, you know, never leave the gym. And that's one of the reasons why I say, you know, you're fine if you keep Buddy, because he's going to work hard regardless. But I think De'Aaron's a good piece to have. I wonder if maybe the, the primary guy like that dominant alpha male is maybe in the, in the next draft. Maybe it's Bagley. I do believe that De'Aaron's going to, you know, be a good player. He, or he is, he, he is a good player, not going to. He is a good player. I mean, he averaged, what, 21-7 and seven last season. And when he plays well, they're a different team. And that's the whole thing is to get him to stay in that mindset of he's got to attack. They don't have a chance to win if he doesn't attack. So as long as he keeps developing there, they've got one good piece. But it's good to have that one piece. But if you don't develop, build around him, it's pointless because they had a good piece in DeMarcus Cousins and they, they messed around and kept drafting centers. So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 the issue here is that they they've not they've not filled out the roster, and I think that's what I'm trying to get at here is like you're spending all this money, and you just said it. They've got a log jam, and having you know different ownership groups, different head coaches, different general managers, you end up spending a lot of your time. I think making up for the last guy, and that's that's really what they're doing right now. And if you don't fix it, what'll happen is in three four years, De'Aaron will be frustrated. He'll get blamed for the team not being good, and the Kings will be at year 18 of not making the playoffs. So. Oh, jeez, dude, <laughs> they're still a couple of years away. <laughs> Jason, I appreciate the time today, man. We'll have to catch up with you in April when the Kings are battling it out for the 10 seed, dude, trying to get into a play-in game, right, to go out to see who gets a, a shot at, at playing in the postseason. I don't know if they're going to be that far this year, but uh, appreciate the time today, man. We, uh, we'll keep following you at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, and we'll read you in The Athletic, man. Thanks so much today. No problem. Anytime. Great insight there from Jason Jones. And shortly after we spoke to Jason, our own Sam Amick reported that the Kings have indeed decided not to match the offer sheet. $72 million for Bogdan Bogdanovich. This is what sources are telling our own Sam Amick. Adrian Wojnarowski did report that uh, Bogdan will sign now with the Atlanta Hawks after the decision by the Kings to not match the offer sheet. So as Jason said, this is probably a smart move and going to leave the Kings with a little bit more flexibility, especially around the salary cap and especially if they'd still like to decide to move Buddy Heald to free up a little more space, maybe bring in somebody who could help them a little more on the wing. Thank you to Jason, thank you to Brian, and thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in with us all this week. I know it's a holiday week, it's been a crazy year, and we appreciate you riding with us through some of the best stories in Bay Area sports. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. We appreciate the support, and we want to keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. So stick with us this week on Friday. We're going to dive back into 49er football off the bye week against the LA Rams, who moved into first place with a win over the Buccaneers on Monday night football. And uh, we're going to talk to George. Jordan Rodriguez, she was one of our great guests earlier this season. She covers the Rams for The Athletic. We'll talk to her on Friday. And then for Giants fans, Monday, we're going to take a deep dive into the San Francisco Giants. Grant Brisby joins me. Let's talk about some of the hot stove rumors for the San Francisco Giants. Maybe some of the, the players that they could be going after. I've got a couple of big name guys in mind. I would love for them to try to make a signing. Everybody enjoy the holiday week. Be safe. And we'll talk to you on Friday.